Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner. I'm your host, Robert Imbriali. So happy that uh, you could spend some time with us today. I wanted to take a, a moment to talk about a lot of the feedback that I've been getting uh, from this podcast and the things that I've been doing. People are really kind of loving the, the conversations. Conversations are different every week, as you know, and uh, it's going to be that way today. And I promise you we're going to have uh, a great talk uh, about uh, one of the things that probably is the biggest question that's been coming up again and again. What can I do? Let's talk about it today on Coach's Corner. All right. So what can you do is a really important question. But before I get there, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, a conversation I had earlier with a friend today. And, you know, he was talking about how complicated it's become to have just like regular conversations with people because you don't know where people are and which side of the, the you know, which side of whatever argument it is uh, they happen to be on. <clears throat> and sometimes it's very difficult when you're in that kind of situation, you kind of bite your tongue, right? You don't say anything. You don't say anything. And what's ending up happening is we're ending up uh, with very superficial conversations. We're having conversations that are really, you know, how's the weather? The weather's good. Hey, did you see the sky? The sky's blue. Oh, did you see the, the chemtrails in the sky? You can't go there, right? It's, it's almost like everything you talk about is a hot button somewhere. And people are, you know, like, wow, I can't believe, you know, this is going on. I can't believe that's going on. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that is real important to pay attention to is, uh, you know, how this affecting our relationships. And, and for a lot of us, it's having a big impact on our relationships. And we really want to get to a point where, you know, we're not so boxed in and we can actually have more conversation and we can expand uh, what we can talk about without having to walk on eggshells around everyone. And that's really, you know, what it's become. And uh, it's really challenging. I was at my chiropractor a little earlier today, too, and, uh, you know, having conversation with him. And, uh, you know, I, I said some, I made a comment and all of a sudden it just kind of caught him off guard because he wasn't expecting it. And then he turned around and he goes, yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. But sometimes making those comments, you don't know where people stand. You don't know what the reaction is going to be. So people stop doing that. And I recognized a long time ago that that's not necessarily a good way to be. Honestly, if you want to build a relationship and you come out and you say, well, I'm not going to talk about this, I'm not going to talk about that, I'm not going to you know, the question then becomes, well, who are you if we don't know what you're standing for? We don't know what side of the fence you're on. We don't know what your beliefs are. We don't know where you are. And then what ends up happening when you don't know is people around you just dance around you and, and they, they walk on eggshells around you. And it really doesn't build a great relationship. Actually, you know, great relationships sometimes are, are built through conflict. And you might say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, disagreements, conflict, those kind of that passion that's there actually builds closer relationships. If you don't decide, I'm never talking to that person again because they don't agree with me. If you don't go there, the relationship can actually be stronger. After you go through conflict and start to learn from each other and not mock each other, and this is where we need to be right now in our society, is we need to be more in, in the space of uniting rather than dividing. We had enough dividing, right? The last two plus years, very divisive, uh, getting worse in, in, in some respects. And we don't need to go there anymore. You know, We're beyond that now. And now we've got to get back to finding ways where we can be united uh, on a lot of these topics rather than divided. Now, I know that it can be hard that when you take a position, sometimes it's like you have to own that position and you don't want to hear an opposing viewpoint. You don't want to hear somebody who believes something different because it's offensive to you, right? Actually, people will re receive it as offensive. I don't. 
I receive it as learning. And, you know, uh, I was on the phone with somebody today and I didn't know where they were on the issues. And I just said, here's where I stand on the issues. Here's what my beliefs are. Here are the things that I'm finding out. Here are the things that, you know, uh, the information that's coming to me. And here's what I believe. And we had a great conversation. We didn't necessarily agree with everything, but we don't have to. I have to agree with you to like you, right? And, you know, it's kind of, we've gotten away from that. And we said, if you don't agree with me, then I don't like you. I don't want you on my team. I don't want you in my presence. Get out of here. That's ridiculous. It's never going to keep us strong. It's going to keep us divided. And we're fighting amongst each other. Um, we're never going to come back to a point where uh, we're really strong. So the biggest question that keeps coming up, and over and over again, I hear this, and I've heard it this morning. I heard it yesterday. I heard it the day before yesterday. I even heard it on the weekend. Somebody texted me, what can I do? Now, what do you mean, what can I do, right? Well, we know the world is upside down right now, and a lot of people are feeling helpless. They're feeling like they don't matter. They're feeling like they're, it's so big, and there, there are issues going on in every direction. There are. No question there are. And they're asking the question, what can I do? What can I, how can I support? How can I, how can I help? And they feel like there isn't really a whole lot. And I think right now it's really important that all of us sort of get to the point where we realize, you know what? Even though my voice may be small, even though my following may be small, even though I don't really have a lot to say, saying nothing is the worst thing we can do right now. And there are a lot of people who are doing that. I've got great friends who are brilliant thinkers who don't want to come out and talk about the issues because they're afraid of offending people. I promise you, you're going to offend people. It has nothing to do with you. I promise you, people are going to walk away from you if they know where you stand. Again, it has nothing to do with you, Right. The truth of the matter is, if we keep doing that, and enough of us do that, then this keeps going in the wrong direction. It keeps getting harder and harder. And I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, it has nothing to do with that anymore. You realize that it's all the same thing, right? It's a two wings of the same bird kind of thing. It's exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter which side you're following on, but we can't be divided anymore. We need to find ways to come together. And we need to find ways to start talking to one another again, uh, a skill that we've lost, right? And it's really fascinating that when they put the uh, the face diapers on us, uh, you know, it became anonymous. We, we became less friendly, less likable. Why? Because you can't see the smile. If you can't see the smile, you don't know if the person's angry at you. You don't know if they're sticking their tongue out at you. You don't know anything, right? They're, they're snarling, they're gritting, they're, you don't know. So when you take that away, you anonymize people. And I found people became uh, a lot more aggressive, a lot more assertive, just like they are in a car. They feel anonymous. They'll cut you off and they'll do this. But in real life, they'd be your best friend, right? Uh, but when they're in the car, forget it. They're just not like that. So we got to get back. We've got we've to start mending those fences. And it's a hard thing to do. Honestly, it's, it's really challenging when somebody you know is way on the other side. And it's like, I don't even want to talk to them. I don't want nothing to do with them. And what I start to say is start to say, you know, you have to understand them and you have to understand that the things they believe were fashioned in their mind by what they've been exposed to. So the media that they're exposed to, the people they hang out with, the beliefs they had coming into this whole uh, situation back in 2020, right? All of that is playing a role in what they're believing and what they're choosing to believe at this stage. And we got to help them. Not that we want to change their mind necessarily. I know a lot of people go in, well, I'm not going to talk to them unless they change their minds. I don't want to have any conversation with them. It's not necessarily the goal. The goal is to understand that at their core, they are a soul, you are a soul, we're connected. I know you don't like to hear that sometimes. Like, I don't want to be connected with that one. I don't mind that one, but that one, no way, right? We're all connected. And we have to recognize that and come back to that. Uh, if we don't, uh, like I said, things are not going to get any better. So how do we get things to be better? Number one, stop being silent. 
I don't care what side of any argument you're on. I really don't. You know, you're entitled to your opinion. We have freedom of speech. Well, we did. Uh, unless we uh, let it go the way it's going, we won't have any soon. Uh, but, you know, we had freedom of speech before. And I really, we need to come back to that. We need to be able to talk about the issues without being angry and without being offended. Uh, be able to listen with a kind ear. And uh, when we can start to do that, we start to grow and we start to become stronger as a society. It's time now, right? We know all the damage that's been done. We know all the challenges we've been through. And, you know, we know our leaders are leading us over the cliff. They're not leading us in a direction where uh, it's going to make us any stronger, any better as a nation. So we've got to be the ones to figure it out. It's not up to them. There's no one on a white horse that's going to come and save us. There's, no, you know, it's not happening, right? We see it's not happening. If it were to happen, it probably would have happened. By now, it's not. So we have to get into this space of thinking, okay, it's our responsibility. And it's our responsibility to start talking again about the issues, whatever the issue is of the day. And there seems to be a different one every day, be it wars, be it, you know, health care, be it inflation, gas prices, you know, whatever. Um, we got to talk about it. And not in a way that's condescending, not in a way that that's angry and uh, not in a way that, uh, you know, makes fun of people or, or degrades them in any way. Look, I know a lot of people don't believe what I believe. I can still have a conversation with them. And I understand why they believe what they believe. I understand the media they were exposed to. I understand where they got to, the people they were surrounded with, the positions they were put in. They made decisions that maybe they didn't even want to make, but they had no choice. They were forced into it. It was this or nothing, right? And they decided to go, and that's that decision they made. And, you know, we have to respect that they made those decisions, not necessarily by their own volition. And, you know, we have to learn from that. So... Let's get back to this idea of, you know, you can't do anything. It's just little old me. I don't have anything. Every one of us can do something. And I'm going to explain it to you in such a way that you're going to see, yes, there's something I can do, and I can do it right here, right now, today, right? And you're going to be surprised at how easy it is uh, to be part of the solution rather than continuing to be silent and be part of the problem. And it works because, you know, social media is what it is. It works because human beings are the way they are. And, uh, you know, we are more friendly than we are not friendly. And uh, you approach people with a smile and an understanding ear and, and people will listen to you. Uh, if you approach them with a condescending tone and you're angry at them and stuff, well, they're probably not going to listen to you. They're probably going to shut them down. And when you shut them down, they can't hear you anymore, right? So there are a lot of things you can do. So number one thing as I ask people, I say, okay, what are your gifts? And people say, well, I don't really have any gifts. I'm really good at sitting on a hammock. Uh, you know what I mean? I said, no. What are your gifts? What can you do? Are you a person who likes to socialize? Do you like to, pe to talk to people? Are you the kind of person who's like a social butterfly on social media? Are you a person who goes to parties or goes to the bowling alley or, uh, you know, hangs out with friends on the weekend? Or are you a person who, for instance, knows how to write, can write a good blog piece or, or you know, comments or, you know, whatever? Do you have writing skills? You, are you, do you have the, those abilities? How about speaking? Can you speak? Can you get in front of a camera? Can you do a lot? podcast? Can you do uh, a live stream? And I ask these questions a lot of people because what I want them to really understand is all of us have some gifts. All of us have tools that we can access. I'm going to give you some even easier ones that you can access uh, where we can help 
uh, spread the good word, the good messages that are out there that need to be shared and more and more people need to see by leveraging, you know, the algorithms on social media. So let's talk about, you, you can write an article. You can write, uh, you know, 500 words, a little essay, a little composition, you know, whatever. You know, remember in high school, 500-word composition, that was a test, right? Uh, you know, you could do that. If you could do that, you have the ability to get published now all over the place, right? And people say, well, it's so hard. Who's going to see it anyway? And I say to people, I say, stop thinking in terms of the numbers. So if I looked at this podcast, as an example, I, I, I'm in this studio. I, I've got all this set up. This is this wonderful, wonderful place. I really love being in here. And if I looked only at the number of people who watch live every week, it could be discouraging, especially when I was first getting started. I mean, there may be one person who watched it live, right? The number is growing. Every time I do it live, it, it grows. And now I'm on um, nearly 48 different websites with this, not all live at the same time, but after the fact, uh, ultimately it's on 48 different websites, usually within two or three days uh, of the live stream. And the audience grows. Every week that I do this, the audience grows a little bit. So don't get discouraged. So if I said to you, hey, I want you to write a 500-word article on where you stand on whatever you know, topic that is of interest to you, health, economy, politics, whatever, I want you to write 500 words, and I want you to get those uh, published that. Where could you publish it? Could you put it on your Facebook profile, right? Well, if it's not, <laughs> it's not something they'll censor, you could definitely put it there. How about Twitter? How about Getter? How about Gab? How about, right, and I can go down the list about all these other social networks where you could post that. Medium.com is a great website for writers, right? If you're a writer, post your stuff on Medium. Why? Because a lot of big names are looking at Medium all day long. And they're finding content there. And you're finding a lot of articles that show up in the news, show up here and show up everywhere that are found on Medium. So medium.com is a place you can go. Uh, you can pay, the, I think it's $5 a month for a subscription there. And you could post your articles if you're a person that could write. Let's say you're a person who could speak. <clears throat> well, you know how your own podcast. That's one thing you could do is build your own podcast. But it's not for everyone, right? Not everyone's going to be able to do that. What if you were to guest on other people's podcasts. In other words, you would be here, right, in this chair here, and you would be a guest on my podcast, and we'd be having a conversation. We'd be talking about whatever the topic is of the day. So you would leverage my already existing audience, my already existing network, and you would be on on the you know this podcast. You'd be on this system. Could you do that? Of course you could. How many podcasts are there out there? Well, they're kind of countless at this point. They're everywhere. So it's like everyone, every time I bump into someone, hey, I've got a podcast. I'm like, no, you too? <laughs> so everyone's got a podcast today. How many podcasts need guests? Most of them. How many people could sit here and do a podcast without a guest? There's not very few. Not very many. There's a very few, a very small number of people who can do a podcast without a guest. Most every podcast has a guest. Well, there's a lot of opportunity in that, isn't there? Find the podcast, you know, and say, hey, I'd like to come on your podcast and talk about X. And, you know, you'll get accepted to some, you'll get rejected from others, but you don't need a lot of them to start getting the word out. Now, okay, these are big things. Writing articles, getting on a podcast. How about getting on a stage and speaking? This isn't for everybody. This is for, you know, the speaking crowd, the coaches. Coaches, by the way, if you're a coach and you're not doing these things, you're going to find it very hard to attract new clients. When you do this sort of stuff, it's very easy 
because clients can see what you're about. They get you auditioning your, your talents in front of them, and they go, you know what? I want to work with this guy. That's where a lot of my coaching clients come from. They see me doing these shows. They see me doing the podcast. They see, you know, they like the content. They like my personality, like whatever. And then the phone calls come in, and people say, hey, I want to hire you. I'd like you to coach me on whatever. And I certainly love doing that. And, you know, if you're a coach, it's, uh, you know, writing, podcasting, speaking, guesting, all that kind of thing um, is really the fastest way that I know how to build a coaching practice. Okay, let's take a step back. Let's just say that these aren't your gifts, that you're a stay-at-home kind of person, quiet, introverted, don't like to make a lot of noise, don't like to rattle anybody, uh, don't like confrontation. There's a lot of people that don't like confrontation, right? What can you do? You want to help out. You want to be part of the solution, but there's not a whole lot you feel that you can do. And I say, that's not true. The truth is, we all have the ability to set up accounts on social media. So for instance, these are all free, right? Social media is free. I would suggest that you set up accounts on multiple, multiple social media sites. And you say, why multiple? Well, you know, each one has a different group. Every, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The people that follow me on Facebook are very different from the people who follow me on Gab or on Getter or eventually now on Truth Social or on uh, CloudHub, right? I'm on CloudHub right now streaming live. And it... it it's a very different audience in each one of these and it gives you an opportunity to meet different people. So you say, well, I only have 10 people following me on Facebook. Great. Get on Gab. See how fast you start generating uh, followers there or CloudHub or, you know, there's so many of them now. I would say get on as many as you feel guided to do, whatever feels good to you. Now, you say, well, how can I be part of the solution, Rob? Just because I have a social media account, I got no followers. What difference does it make? And I would say, there's a lot of difference. There's a couple of things you could do on social media that help tremendously. Did you know, for instance, that if you were on Facebook and you gave this podcast a heart, right? What it tells the, the algorithm is people love this post, this video. And what happens is this video gets shared more because Facebook likes to share things that people love. If you like it, it doesn't really do anything. But if you give it a heart or give it one of those caring icons, right? or give it the wow icon, people, you know, will, the algorithm looks at that and says, okay, this is something that's getting uh, some engagement and they show it to more people. Now, let's say you found something, this video, any video, any post, any meme, anybody posting, you know, an article, whatever, and you found it to be valuable. Could you reshare it with your group, right? There's a reshare button, repost, bam. All of them have that. Every social network out there has that. Of course you could. Does that help the algorithm? Yeah, the more reshares, the more popular the algorithm thinks that piece is and the more people are going to see it. Even if you have zero followers, right? If you click the reshare button, the algorithm says, oh, people are sharing this, it must be popular and they'll keep sharing it to more and more people. Posts die very quickly on social media when there's no engagement. They really do. Now, if I put a post on social media in the first 15 minutes, I get nothing, that post goes nowhere. Within 30 minutes, it's down in, in the dumps and it goes nowhere. I got a lot of posts that I put up that go nowhere, right? People didn't like them, right? And I got posts that you put them up there and three, four, five, six likes, bang, right away, immediately. And then within the first 15 minutes, there's 50, 60 likes. That post just keeps going and going for weeks. It just keeps going and it keeps getting shown to more and more people. So you can play a role by how you react to other people's posts. Reshare them. You might find a post on Gab you find really good, you may copy that and put that on Facebook. You might put it on Twitter or Getter, right? You can cross-post across uh, different platforms. Does that help? You bet it does. 
And there's content out there that is, you know, is helpful and, you know, helps people understand what's going on, helps open their eyes a little bit to the things that are really happening, not what mainstream media is trying to tell us. It's important to share those things. Now, what about commenting? People say, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. How about I agree? This is great. Thank you. That engagement, really engagement is what we're looking for. That engagement, when the algorithm sees that there's more engagement, what happens to that post? Does it get buried or does it get shown more? So the more people comment, the more people are commenting, the more people are giving hearts, the more people are sharing, the more popular that appears in the algorithm and the more it's going to get shared. So when there's content out there, you say, man, more people need to hear this, more people need to know about this. Your job, you want to be part of the solution, your job is to give it a heart, give it a like, give it a wow, give it a hug, comment on it, share it, all those things so that you're helping that, that content go to more people. The algorithm can work against you, but you can also work for you, right? And it can help. So all of us can do that. I, I find myself doing this all day long. I was in one of the one of the, the freedom groups on Facebook before that got shut down. And I was doing exactly what I was telling you, what I'm telling you here to do. And my Facebook was blowing up. I mean, I had more notifications in an hour than I could get to in a day. It was just crazy because what I was doing was re responding to people's posts. I wasn't posting my own stuff even. I was just responding to other people's posts. Like, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's really good. You know, And they were people were agreeing with me and my Facebook was blowing up. And then, of course, Facebook decided, hey, we don't like this stuff. Uh, you know, we're not into freedom. We don't like freedom at all. So uh, they deleted the entire group. But you can help spread the word. I don't care what you know message it is. You just like that message and it's something you want to do. You can do that. Now, what else can you do? If you don't really, if you're not a social media person, I know there are a lot of people out there who hate it. You know, I don't really love social media, and I think a lot of people will feel that way. I don't love it. I got to have it. I got to be on it all day. No, I'm on it because I kind of have to be. That's where the people are, right? So I always go where the people are. And on social media, that's where the people are. So that's where I go. So the question then becomes for us, it's like, okay, what if we are not social media types? What if we prefer to meet people in person? Could you call up a friend you haven't spoken to in a while and say, hey, why don't we meet tomorrow at the local coffee shop? We'll have coffee. Could you do that? Yes or no? Of course you could. Someone you haven't spoken to in a while, someone you haven't seen in a while. And could you have these conversations? Of course, right? And rebuild and rekindle a relationship, get that bonding going again and get it, get it uh, strong and actually have honest conversations. And what you find, even though you think people are on the other side, what you find is when you start to have honest conversations and you don't hide where you stand, what happens is it diffuses the other person a lot, right? Most of the time. There's sometimes it's not going to. Sometimes it's going to trigger them even more. But for the most part, it diffuses them. And they start to become more honest. And then what you find, the miracle here, is that you find that there's more things that you and I have in common than not. And that's where the magic happens. When you realize, wow, I too don't like high gas prices. I don't like high gas prices either. Whoever you're blaming for it doesn't really matter. There's commonality. Okay, what can we do about high gas prices? Who can we write to? Can we write to a senator? Could we send a letter? Could we, you know, get on a group and start talking about it? Could we create a group even on any of the social media websites? And, you know, we hate gas prices, high gas prices, you know, or whatever. And could you do that? Of course you could, right? So 
all of us have a lot more in common than we do not in common. And we're not taught that or shown that in mainstream media. Mainstream media aims to divide. Politics aims to divide. And when I talk to people, even though they think they're way on the other side, the common ground is crazy. I mean, it's so much common ground. We, we you know, live on the same planet. We live in the same country. We share many of the same beliefs. And there are a few differences where we might not totally agree, but we can have a civil conversation about it. That's where the magic is. So I'm going to encourage you to look at some of these things and say, I can be part of the solution here. I don't have to be part of the problem. I don't have to be, you know, quiet about things. I don't have to hide under the radar. Uh, there's no one I can talk to. There's nothing I can say. There's a lot you can do. There's a lot you can say. There's a lot of people you can reach. And social media, by the way, has made it so much easier. If you think back to, uh, I got started in computer, my first computer, 1980, uh, TRS-80 uh, computer. Very few people I know had it, but I run into one every once in a while who said, yeah, I remember the TRS-80. Um, I've been online for a very long time. And before that, it was all in person, right? And even online, online really didn't start to pop until the mid-1990s when America Online came out and was handing out CDs to everyone, right? Remember the little floppy disks that they would mail or the CDs they would mail? 500 hours free. And that really brought a lot of people into the online world that just didn't even know it existed before then. And what happened is it started to change the social fabric. Instead of, you know, the face-to-face -face meetings, which we would always do, right? At the company I was working for back in the mid-90s, our group would always get together every Friday night. We'd always go out, all, all the employees always go out together every Friday night to socialize. It doesn't happen that way anymore, right? No, we got social media. We don't have to do it. Well, we can get back to that. Social media is not everything. We can get back to the face-to-face. -face. And you could find the common ground. You could have the conversations that we're told. Never talk about politics, right? Never talk about religion. Well, why not? These are kind of the most important things going. We should be talking about these things. My belief, anyway, and I certainly do. I don't hold back. And I don't really care if you agree with me or don't agree with you. I'm not here to argue with you. That's not my role. It's not, I don't want that confrontation, but I want to have the conversation. I want to learn from you, and hopefully you might learn something from me as well. And then when we can have those civil conversations, we're more together than we are divided and we're stronger together than we are divided. So it's our job right now. This is our role to do this. This is what we have to do if we want to get out of the mess that we're in. Our country's a mess right now. We know it's a mess. How we get out of it, you know, everyone has a different opinion on that. But we all want the same thing. We all want out of this. We want to get back to, you know, the way life was maybe in 2019. The economy was good and people had jobs and we had nothing to worry about. You know, we want to get back to that kind of those kind of times again. And we can, but we can't do it when we're fighting amongst each other. We just can't do it. So I want to leave you with that. I think that is a good place to end today. I think that is really important. If you have found value, make sure you give it a heart, right? Give this a heart. Share it. Comment, right? Comment or more people will see it. And if you feel so inclined, share with your followers, your friends, your followers. Let them know this is something you might need to watch because it's helpful because we can all be part of the solution. Got it? All right. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. I will see you back here again next week. Same time, same channel. Thanks again.